0: For sure, for sure,
1: for sure,
2: for sure, for sure, for sure,
1: for sure, 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a two hundred foot podcast.
2: I'm Peter, and it's I. It's me. It's I'm Jay. I, I'm trying a new intro this week. <laughs> I
1: am Legend. It's
2: me. I I is me. I'm Spartacus. Yes, um, Pete. We had a we had a kind of a fun week in hockey this week. A lot of things happened. A lot of sure. uh, A lot of interesting uh, events transpired. Um, So uh, I think it's apropos to start with the most important one, which is uh, Ryan Strome for Ryan Spooner. It is one for one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have
1: the breaking music sting uh, ready.
2: And maybe at this point, maybe it doesn't even make sense to put it in because I think between the two of us, we were able to... To be yeah. able to uh, beatbox. Uh, Although I
1: mean, honestly, with this trade, it's almost like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's
2: it's actually just the first part of the prices right thing, which is like yeah. da, 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 <laughs> without like the just like the, yeah. da, 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 yay <laughs> yeah. Tr- So trade happened. Um, uh, I, I did enjoy looking at uh, the reactions to the trade because at this point, all of the people that are being shipped out of Edmonton the um the Peter Sharelli uh story is just 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 wrapping up. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Well <laughs> I think it was... I mean I mean basically the Edmonton Oilers have now traded Jordan Eberle for Ryan Spooner.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really fun to see how the team just finds new and exciting ways to um shoot themselves in the face. Um, and, and
1: and plus we'll be able to see because we know that the Oilers are really good at trading players who then take off with their their new teams. You know Taylor Hall, Eberle is is doing better with the Islanders. Um, obviously, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Malik Kapov yep. is 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 a notable exception. But this will be interesting to see if they can bring someone in, misuse them. And then trade them out and then have them go on to stardom. Ooh. Uh, like, we'll have to see if Ryan Strom does that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll see what's going on there. Yeah. And, and also, we have to be on Lucic Watch because that's what everybody wants. Um, and then another quick, small trade, funny thing. Um, uh, Andre Vasilevsky has a, uh, a, a foot problem in that it's broken. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he will be out for a while. And uh, we're giving a shout-out to, to Acheria for uh, uh, calling out uh, a uh, local newspaper's poll, which is, uh, I guess, in the in the aftermath of Vasilevsky going down there, they were asking if the Lightning need to go out and get somebody, if they need to go uh, add something to compensate for the <laughs> oh, yeah. loss. And uh, there's a neat little poll talking about trading. Uh, who would you trade for? Who would you go out and get? And uh, and option our... D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our boy Justin Advocator was thrown out as a potential piece that the Tampa Bay Lightning are just chomping at the bit to get in the wake of Vasilevsky going down. So uh, my yeah. my response was uh, uh, advocator for Kucherov, who says no, and yeah. uh, and and I I believe I could hear Arturia's, uh <laughs> eyes roll all the way from 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 Tampa. Flash uh, Florida. Yeah. So I was gonna say
1: for a second when you said Vasilevsky had a foot problem, <laughs> I mean I'm thinking I'm thinking like uh, like like Frank Costanza. <laughs> like, I had a foot odor. <laughs> there was an odor. Oh, Seinfeld kids, it's still yes. relatable. <laughs> so <laughs> that episode was on the other day. Oh,
2: perfect. I'm glad. Yeah. i glad we could.
1: I know that voice. <laughs> he had a a halting way of speaking. <laughs>
2: Oh my God! Seinfeld quotes, folks. They'll yeah. they'll they'll get you. Um so, yeah. so that's so that's your it's, quick. It, hit. It, it's
1: it's it's my my second largest uh, stockpile of currency.
2: Oh, yep. If only the world traded in Seinfeld references, I think we'd all yeah. we'd all be in a better place. Um, so that's your quick hit news updates. Uh, but as far as the other banner events that happened this week, we wanted to start off by talking about a small ceremony that was held in Toronto uh, with, with, with friends and family. Yes, uh, I regret to inform you that the Hockey Hall of Fame is at it again. <laughs> uh, they uh, have an, inducted their 2018 class. Uh, they, it, it consists of uh, a, a person that is, should have been in there uh, a long time ago, um, someone who has rightfully earned their place of admission, and then someone who has no business being there at this time, and uh, we think it's pretty obvious which ones those are. So uh, the 2018 class is uh, Jaina Hefford from the Brampton Thunder, uh, Alexander Yakushev, who was a uh, just a prolific pillar of the 1972 summit series between Russia and Canada, Martin Saint Louis of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, a scrub goalie by the name of Martin Brodeur for the New Jersey Devils, Uh, Willie O'Ree of the Boston Bruins, and then, for some reason, because you just couldn't let Willie O'Ree have his moment, Gary Bettman was also inducted this week. So uh, first, let me lead off by saying congrats to those going in. Hockey Hall of Fame is a super cool place. Um, I I shudder to think of uh, uh, another sport that has such a cool place for their trophy to live given that it's one trophy it's not like the nfl yeah we'll make a new one every year nba will make a new one every year. mob will make a new one every year no the stanley cup has been around uh before me before peter before time itself so um the reason i wanted to talk about this was mainly and and i don't think i've maybe laid on the sarcasm enough uh peter Do, do you think i need to go do you think I need to go more on it? No, I think we're pretty good.
1: I think we're pretty good. Think we're good.
2: Okay, so anyways, yeah. long story made sort of a little bit shorter, but still kind of mostly Too long. Nah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Basically, uh, Batman should not have gone in now. Uh, I am open to having Batman being a consideration down the road when he doesn't have a direct effect on the sport that I love so much. But uh, in looking at the coverage, um, I think it was uh, Greg Wyshynski who actually was tweeting out some some real nice uh, quotes from a bunch of the inductees that night uh, who all except for Bedman were very deserving. But there was a part where he was like basically in business speak, maybe expressing some iota of regret at the work stoppages and the lockouts, which is, I guess, progress. You know, I don't know if this is a. You know, there's another quote where he was like, you know, for those, you know, my induction you know, totally dispels the myth that the induction into the Hall of Fame is a popularity contest where it's like, please just make everything about you still. Please, please mm-hmm. just do everything you can to make this about yourself. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's very curious to me. Um I don't really see anybody else talking about it too much, so maybe this was uh, the right time to do it because it's getting swept under the rug pretty quick, and not a lot of people are s- upset about it. But maybe you know this. You're right, Pete. Uh, it's not exactly an event that is broadcast as big as either the SBS or you know this. This also had the distinction of being an event that was uh, running in direct competition with the baseball writers. Awards being handed out, what with the MVP and the Cy Young and all that stuff. So, you know, once again, hockey's kind of getting getting the stick aft. Yeah, listen to for sure, folks. It's it's great. <laughs> well, I I,
1: I I will say that we have uh, we did get some uh, some some really high quality Twitter action out of this because Hockey Night in Canada uh, released a poll. Um, who is the greatest goaltender of all time? And it had three choices. Number one was Martin Brodeur, uh, obviously being inducted in the Hall of Fame. Number two was Patrick Waugh. And number three was Other. And like I said at the time, <laughs> that's a really weird way to spell Hasek. Um, My- and obviously that would be leaving out Tretiak and possibly a, a, maybe a couple. Maybe it's one Other. But <sighs> – <laughs> the the only thing that was the, the like the thing I liked most about this is just how about eighty percent of their mentions were basically just the word hashek with yeah. some number of question marks. Yeah. Um, because yes, I mean I, I think last uh, last time when we talked to I guess two episodes ago now we talked to uh, Sean McAdoo and. He talked about how he thought that Dominic Hasek was the greatest goaltender of all time. I agree with him. I, I I do think that these other goaltenders were phenomenal, um. But I think Hasek is on his own level. Um, but you know, like I said, for me, I think that really uh, gave me a little bit of joy. Um, but speaking of speaking of Gary Bettman, it was very interesting timing, not only because like you said before, with Willie O'Ree going in the Hall of Fame many years too late. Um, but Gary Bettman going in on the same day that it was announced that there is a settlement in the concussion lawsuit with the NHL, between the NHL and a group of players, a group of retired players. And so this is this is one of those hard – this is one of those um, – Hard things to talk about because there's a lot of details and there's a lot of things where if you just look at something immediately, um, you might not have all the facts because, like I said, it, it can be a complicated thing. Um, so once again, um, our our favorite writer for taking complicated and, and difficult stories to write about and making it making it make, uh, making it make sense, Katie Strang, she wrote an article about this. Um, and you know there's some good good details in here. So basically, the the league is going to pay 19 million dollars. By the way, that's million with an M. In a settlement with 318 former players, 146 of which were plaintiffs in suits against the league, and 172 of which had retained counsel. And, and, and that is a direct quote from Katie. Um, of course, the league denied any responsibility. Which, she says a little bit later, is basically standard in these types of... It's it's like boilerplate in these types of agreements. Um, but one of the things that was a little strange is that the NFL case that was settled was over a billion dollars, with a B. Not 19 million. But at the same time, there, were, there was many more players in the NFL. Um, about 5,000, according to this article. So... Obviously, the the, the number of the payout was or the the number of the settlement was much higher, but also the number of of plaintiffs was also much higher. Um, And so if you're wondering uh, if you're wondering what that uh, what that boils down to, basically, uh, seven million of that would go to the players, which is about twenty two thousand dollars per player. Attorney fees will also be paid for, as will further medical testing. Um, There's going to be some money set aside for. Uh, uh, quote-unquote the additional payment fund Um, and this is this is definitely people were very very upset about this Um, so Jay what was your response to hearing this news just in general but also having it come out on the same day as Gary Bettman being inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, without ranting on that part for another (laughs) time
2: (laughs) well um, I will say that it Shocked, not shocked. Um, it is, I don't know, I, I, I'm curious as to how I'll look back at, at this moment of five or ten years from now. Just like the current climate that allows or condones these things happening, it, like, again, the the most ridiculous thing that, humans could have come up with is the news cycle just how you process information and how quickly it can be exchanged for another set of information to process (laughs) is it's just mind-boggling and it's what's made the last two years politically seem like two decades so it's it's really frustrating to see it's such a low number and then you know, 10 hours later, you're celebrating a guy who is a very vocal mouthpiece for not admitting that there's an issue, you know? Like, eh, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's nowhere near what you, what it should be. But then let's celebrate a guy who is uh, one of the drive horses behind why it's so low, right? Behind why it's such a travesty. And, you know, we've, we've had him, you know, when he says, oh, we have like our people disagree with that sentiment whatever it's like what people are you referring to the people you're paying just to disagree not that they have any evidence but they just aren't paid to disagree because they just happen to have some sort of you know uh field or study credential that makes them worthwhile to to to, to speak on it it's we we know it peter we've seen it it's been demonstrated there is something like there's uh, there's not nothing happening and on such a public and widely seen stage just the cavalier attitude that they continue to have towards this issue is mind-boggling and and it it really hurts to see them try and get something under the wire here while it's supposed to be a night of celebrating hockey's history and, and and its growth and its continuing impact on on the sports world where it's you know overshadowed by guys that have been irreparably harmed by misinformation or not enough education about what the sport does it's really tough it's it's really hard to to justify that this is a thing and especially with Batman going in it's like you know they're talking about always going in the builder category yeah he made the league more money but is the league better off Pete are we are we mm. currently better off like like how many times? How huh. many times are we going to preach that money isn't everything, when we're now lauding this guy because apparently money is everything?
1: <laughs> right. I mean, one of the things to, to keep in mind is, and, and and this is this is something that you, this is something that you can't really prove. P, you know, he'll point to, um, oh, you know, we've we've grown the league, we've blah blah blah, we've uh, you know we're making more money and et cetera et cetera, but. There's no, there's no way for us to see the alternative, the 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 the, the Earth B, yep. where somebody else was a commissioner or other people were commissioners over this period of time, and they made different choices, and perhaps the game could have been grown further. Um, yeah, I mean, he 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 has under his watch the the league has grown, uh, both in terms of teams, in terms of fans. Also in terms of revenue, but it's he's also there's also been lockouts. There's also been things that might not have happened. And again, the problem is we we have no way of knowing. We have no way of really proving um, what what could have been. Um, so yeah, I, I I I mean, as somebody who has been. Focused on this idea of the concussions and um, head injuries, cheap shots to the head, etc. for for a while, this this definitely does not seem like a good outcome to me. I mean, to put it mildly. Um, one of the interesting kind of wrinkles to this is that not every player, we already know, not every player is going to sign off on this. Um, So, for example, uh, Katie Strang wrote a a second article about this where Dan Carcillo has basically said that he is not going to sign off on this and he wants his own day in court. Um, It it says he um, he will not opt into the proposed settlement. um, And then, like I said, he wants his day in court. He doesn't want money. He only wants accountability. Uh, this is a quote from the article. He wants the NHL to admit liability and failing to warn players sufficiently about the risks they were undergoing by playing the sport. He wants a non-monetary acknowledgement of what happened. Right. And so it's one of those things where if you if you want to push back and, and argue back against Carcillo, he kind of makes it hard to do. Yeah, because the only argument you can really make is, well, you just want more money. But. If he's not going to take the money, he's already said he's going to donate it to to concussion research. Whatever money he, he ends up getting, then it's it's pretty hard to <laughs> it's pretty hard to impugn his motives, basically yeah. there. So, I think that's going to be interesting. And, and actually, we've we've reached out to Dan in the past to try to get him as a guest. Um, you know, since he has started doing all this, uh, I guess you can call it activism on on behalf of players. Um, you know, with with the idea of the the concussions and the head injuries, etc. Um, but at, at least in the past when we reached out to him, uh, basically he wasn't doing media. So we'll keep our eye out if we see him start to do interviews and we'll reach out again because uh, he definitely seems like <laughs> it's funny for, for somebody that I hated as a player. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting how much I like him now, uh, which which I guess kind of you you know goes to show you about the dangers of fandom. Um, although at the same time, the things that he did when he was a player, he he certainly doesn't defend now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know so I so I think I had reason to to not really like him when he was a player uh, because of the actions he took. Um, but um, so so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna go. We have a um. We have a, a more lengthy interview than normal in, in in a good way just because the conversation went on for a while. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna cut to that and then after uh, after that we'll be back with a little bit more and we'll wrap up
2: And for our interview this week, we are humbled and overjoyed <laughs> that we are able to welcome both a fan but also an outsider, an objective viewer, as it were, someone who who's able to divine and observe the events and not have them completely wreck his psyche like Pete and I are a victim to every day following this great sport. Uh, we welcome in Mr. <laughs> Mr. James Edwards III, that's right, the uh, Pistons beat writer for The Athletic Detroit, a small ragtag organization that we have had Quite the fortunate luck of interviewing almost every single member of. Uh, He was uh, previously a reporter for the Lansing State Journal, where he covered Michigan State and high school sports. Uh, This next part I wrote myself because I thought it would make sense because Pete needed more words. But uh, he's quickly found his place among the top voices in Detroit sports journalism. Appearing on podcasts and NBA Network to give insight on this ever-evolving Pistons team, and just in case those of you who are just tuning in, hearing me talk all about James in the basketball sense, he likes hockey too, and that's why he's here. <laughs> so, James, welcome.
0: I appreciate you guys having me. It that was a an honorable intro, and just to clarify, um, I've actually I've never been a Pistons fan in my in my life. Um, I actually I, I grew up a, a, a Clippers fan
2: clip show okay all right this is great (laughs) this these are all these are all big things that are happening right now uh, (laughs)
1: transparent yeah
2: yeah yeah there you go so um so james what we wanted to uh let's let's give a little preface on how exactly you came to be on the show because this actually started before basketball started because you and i found ourselves working a really strange exhibition game at the breslin student events center and uh it was a uh, Pistons-Cavaliers game, but because of the Dan Gilbert connection, uh, it was billed and produced as a Cavaliers home game. So, so for just you fans out there, if you need something that's comparable in description, imagine the Montreal Canadiens having a home game at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Every video ribbon board has <laughs> Montreal Canadiens um, uh, elements, they have the Montreal Canadiens Laker girls come out instead of the regular Toronto Maple Leafs Laker girls uh just it it was just really bizarre but uh during you and I talking you had mentioned uh, that uh this this humble podcast of ours was of interest to you especially in the uh, early 90s uh, Red Wings team so we thought that was really the best reason ever to, to to bring you on so uh what's given that the joe is gone and and you know if i remember correctly you didn't really get a chance to experience the wings at the joe but experiencing those mid 90s teams what was your impression how did you how did you what made them attractive or exciting for you yeah i mean it's first of all to talk about that pistons cavs game that was
0: mm-hmm. that was actually a pretty cool experience to watch an nba team on a college floor i'd never seen that in person i know it happens in the preseason a lot across the country but to actually like see it and like witness these guys that are clearly bigger than the kids who play on that floor most of the time it it was just it was a weird environment but it was pretty cool um -hmm. and then to get to the red wings thing i actually so my grandma is her family's from minnesota um and grew up a huge huge hockey fan and my best friend growing up he was a goalie. He played triple a squirt and all that stuff in Ann Arbor. Um, So I mean, people point to other things when they talk about the Red Wings of the nineties, but I always immediately point to Chris, Chris Osgood because I was a huge fan of goalies. I can, from Kevin Weeks, to uh, Ron Hextall, like I can just name off all these guys whose hockey cards I have, but Chris Osgood was like my guy because that was my best friend's favorite goalie. Um, And it was it just always stuck with me, and that was the best team at the time, and they were right there in our our own backyard, and it was yeah. I know hockey was a big part of my childhood, so it was it was definitely uh, the right time to be a a, uh, a fan of the Red Wings for sure.
1: Nice, yeah. Um, I uh, in preparation for this, I went and back and I watched. Um, you know, I went on YouTube and I watched some uh, s- some clips and. You know, for me, I I grew up uh, a an Islanders fan, and because I grew up in Connecticut. But okay. the Red Wings, as as I've said multiple times, the Red Wings were my playoff team. They were the team that I, I like to watch. Um, you know, I, I, I like to watch them in the playoffs because the Islanders weren't in the playoffs very much. Uh, and you know, you know, so, so so it's interesting. My
0: too, so. <laughs> oh my God, that
1: that brings back really painful <laughs> memories. Um, are they still paying? So him? um oh that that's a good question. I I, I think they actually are cuz I, I it was like 15 like a 15 year contract and then I know they bought him out uh yeah, which yeah. doubles the years so they're probably going to be paying him until like I die. It's uh, funny, because
2: you're right cuz they have cause we have Bobby Bonilla Day so we should figure out when Rick DiPietro Day is, right? Cuz isn't that it it's it, well like, we'll, similar, we'll do Yeah. Out.
1: <laughs> um so yeah so so for me uh you know let's see 19 1997 I was I was going back and watching the highlights from that you know the the 1997 playoff run and let's see for me I graduated high school in 98 so I would you know I'd be junior in high school I guess when that was happening and like I have so many memories of just because at that time hockey was on ESPN pretty much and so it was like Ooh, playoffs! Okay, I'm gonna stay up and I'm gonna watch the first game. I'm gonna try to stay up and watch the the West Coast game. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure I watched like all of those games. Um, yeah. so, but like, 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 what's your favorite memory or memories? You know, like, like, like for me, I mean, I remember watching Iserman score the, the It wasn't in that year, but you know, the the multiple overtime goal against St. Louis. You know, coming down the right side and then jumping in right. the air. Um, I mean, I remember. Uh, McCarty, you know, scoring and spinning around. Uh, obviously, the, the you know all the stuff with Colorado. Um, so, you know, what was your favorite memory or memories that just like burned in your mind from growing up during that time?
0: So the one that sticks out. Um, there's two, and one's non Red Wings related, but I'll, I'll do the Red Wings one. Um, obviously, like you just said, like the Avalanche and Red Wings rivalry was like unparalleled in sports at the time. Um, there was nothing that even came close to it. And I just will never forget. I think it was in Colorado, um, the big brawl that uh, that happened, and everybody else on the on the ice is fighting, and Waugh and Osgood just look at each other and (laughs) just decide to get it on. And it's just like it it was just such it was it was needed. Like goalies don't have any reason to like beef, but like they do in a way. And everybody (laughs) hated Patrick Waugh from. From this neck of the woods, I hated Patrick Wall. I thought he was overrated. And Ozzy was my favorite. And Ozzy got on top of him. I thought Patrick was kind of getting him with some, some good dingers, and I was, like, getting a little nervous. And then, But in hockey, it's if you get on top of the guy, right, you win. Hmm. And I and I thought Ozzy got on top. I'll just never forget that, because I, I think that might have been the first time i ever seen goalies fight. Hmm. Um, well, Mike Vernon, was that? Was the Mike Vernon
2: Wall fight before or after that? That was that was before, because it was like, quote-unquote, the rematch after the... So, the, like, the big brawl was on... Was, oh, it was in, was in 97, and then, like, it was like the Osgood, it was like round two, because that, 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 that year it was all Ozzy, because cause Vernon was, was not in the picture. But, uh, yeah, those... Gosh, there's... And there's also something really cute about those fights, too, because <laughs> of just how, like, teddy bear goalies are in the first place. Yeah. So they're, like, trying to, like – it's it's basically, like, uh, like kids in sumo wrestler outfits, like, trying to punch <laughs> each other. You know, they're, 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 you're trying to get one punch in, but the other guy's arm is already there, so that's just, it's just – it's point-counterpoint. No one's really yeah, making right. any headway in, in terms of the fight, but, like, everybody watching it is like, oh, this is amazing. But to, like, actually yeah. be in a goalie fight, you have to be like, oh, my God, I can't move, he can't move, all I can do is grab – what do I, right where, yeah where am i grabbing what am i grabbing onto and at
1: that and then, point, and then of course of course you have future uh department of player safety head brendan shanahan come flying and jumping <laughs> in the air and grabbing like yeah like, yeah those it was, are
0: it was just a scene it was chaos and it was a scene yeah. i'll never forget and oh, yeah. that that rivalry is still just like I, I mean i wish it came back like you just that was those two teams Absolutely hated each other from every single spot on
2: the ice. So, in in terms of you know what you're, so you are the you are the point uh, basketball writer. So, I, I guess I'm just wondering. So, like, why'd you stop? What 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 what's uh why only the '90s Wings teams? Because the Wings t- did some cool stuff outside of the '90s. So, did was there was there a transformative moment for you where you're like, nah, I've I, I've seen my share. <laughs> I yeah,
0: no, I know what's question. going on here. <laughs> no, that's a great question. I actually I when was the um was the first lockout 0-3, or 05 or 0405? Okay, so that's when I got out of like following hockey religiously. Um hmm. like up until then I followed like I was a huge fan. Like I liked it to, I mean if this tells how big it was like I love Dino Ciccarelli like guys that weren't even like around like I wasn't even like barely born or born when they're playing but just like watching old like film and having these cards and stuff like that like I was just a huge fan from like the time of birth until that lockout year and then around the lockout year so four or five I would have been like 12 13 there's no hockey my dad played college basketball so I was always into basketball too um and I just kind of just really divulged myself into basketball and football and kind of just lost the love for hockey my best friend actually around that same time moved um so like i didn't see him as much and i wasn't like consumed by hockey uh, on a daily basis like we used to play like knee hockey all the time um we had like a collection of like player and goalie like knee hockey sticks and so once he moved it was just like uh like i don't have to go watch alex like goaltend that night um like it just it, it just wasn't around me as much anymore and i, I still watch the wings um I would say maybe I try to catch a game like once a month. It's nowhere near as much as I I did when I was younger, uh, mm. but I I still I still have a, a sweet spot in my heart for for the Red Wings.
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, it would, before we started recording, Jay and I were talking about um, you know after the interview we're going to be we're, we're going to be recording the the rest of the show. We were talking about different topics, and so recently uh, th- this past uh, this past week we had the. Uh, you know the hockey hall of fame induction and uh our our beloved commissioner Gary Bettman was was enshrined and so you know talking about the lockout made me think of this um so one, one thing that's really interesting is that you know I mean he he came from he came from basketball uh and he's been the NHL commissioner for for a while and since you know since he's been the commissioner of the NHL the the NHL has definitely grown, but the NBA has grown tremendously. I was we we uh, we have a mutual friend, Jay and I, Chris Watkins, who has been on our show, and I was listening to his podcast, and he has a, a basketball background, but he he follows he he does uh, a, a hockey podcast, and mm-hmm. and he was he was recording the show, and he had his brother on who doesn't watch hockey, and they were talking about salaries and stuff, and he's like, yeah, so Connor McDavid is the best player in, in the NHL. And his, you know, he makes about twelve million dollars, and and his brother's like, is that for a year? You know, because like, <laughs> <laughs> the disparity between yeah. the NBA and the NHL. Now, obviously, the, the the NBA has fewer players on a team, but still, they're they're making much, much, much more money. So, so the question I had for you, or and and this could, could be one thing, could be multiple things. You know, coming from somebody who who grew up watching hockey, um, and now obviously. watch the nba all the time it's your job um so what are what are the main things like what's one thing or a couple things that the nhl could take from the nba in order to grow the sport to maybe transform it into a sport where players are making more money where we're getting more fans uh it's more of a national sport you know like like, like what are some things you think the nhl could change or, or take from the nba to improve their their share of the world i guess
0: yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean I think the one thing that that keeps I always try to figure out how to, to to describe this. The NBA I don't it's not the biggest sport in the country. I still think that belong that title belongs to the or league in the country. That title still belongs to the NFL. But I do think the NBA is the most popular. Um, I think just from the way The one thing the NBA does really well, and I'm not sure if it equates to dollars and players' pockets or anything like that, but aside from, obviously, the issue in the NFL is guys wear helmets and face masks and all that stuff, so it's hard to kind of personalize and and, um, market these guys as easy as it is the NBA. Um, And two, the NBA does a great job of, like, running social media, like when it's a basketball night, like the things and stuff that takes off the tweets, it's all basketball stuff. Maybe it's just because mm-hmm. I follow basketball people, but I also follow N- N- NFL people. And you don't really – I mean, this year you see it a little bit more because they are actually let the guys have fun and do celebrations. So you're starting to see the impact of, of that and how it's trickling into social media for the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, uh, for your non-hockey fan, I think most people, a, a guy from – I don't know. I'm from Flint, so like, I'll just say somebody from the the east side of Flint who's not a hockey fan, if anything attracted them to watching anything hockey related, I think we'd all agree it would probably be a fight. Um, <laughs> and I don't, yeah. I don't follow many NHL people on Twitter, but I, I don't ever come across like the big fight of the night like all over social media. Um, hmm. Is that a thing? Like, do you guys like? Is is that out there? And I'm just, and I'm
1: just not privy to it. I mean, I I think if there's if there's a really major fight then it probably would be publicized but I I think the thing is that in the NHL like the modern NHL it's is getting away from fighting. Uh um, right. you don't see you don't see nearly as many fights anymore and I think I mean th- th- that's a really interesting point because I know you know watching watching some of these highlights like I said, you know, uh from the 90s teams, I mean, there were just Not even just just the brawls like we were talking about before, but you know, just I mean, Probert and Kosar and just like pounding on people. And I know growing up, I mean, for me, that was like, oh my god, it's like this huge adrenaline rush. But then at the same time, you have to. It's hard now because it's it's kind of like now we have the knowledge of what that does to people, you know. And now we know. Growing up, you know, we we see Scott Stevens just annihilate people, and it was awesome. But now it's like, well. Now we know what the, the 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 effect of that is, and right. so I I think it's a really tough problem, and I think you raise a good point that a lot of people really like the physical side of hockey. That's what that's what a lot of the ca- uh, the casual fans like, but the NHL is getting away from that. So what you know they need to do a much better job of show showing the other interesting things, which now there's there's so much more skill. And right. the NHL isn't really doing a good job of highlighting that.
0: No, and I and I, to add to that, and and I'm probably not the one to ask, but I, I do think NHL is one of those sports where it's now for like the purest. Like it's if you're a guy that that just likes sports and your favorite sports the NBA or the NHL, like you're not gonna watch the hockey light, highlights or pay attention too much because there's just really nothing there for you. Like growing up, my like hockey is a, there's a reason basketball and soccer are like the two of biggest sports in the world world and they're global. It's because they're mm. inexpensive to play. Uh, sure, like they're the soccer. Like kids grow up playing barefoot. You, Brazil. Like the, you can go on and on about uh, what's the not. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the sport with the small ball. It has a different name than uh, football, but there's just the the way they they grow up they play these games for in very low-income areas and basketball the predominantly its best players come from low-income areas and the sport itself now with AAU and stuff it costs a lot to play but if you're very good like and you come from a a poor area I'm sure there's somebody else is paying for you or they're you know what I mean like they're going to try to get Mm, these top guys on these AAU teams but hockey like I mean I remember my best friend the one I referenced earlier he like I think his sister like couldn't play soccer anymore at a point because hockey's so expensive, and he was a goalie, so <laughs> that's even more expensive like so yeah, you, hockey's just one of those sports where it's for the purest, and if you're a hockey fan, you love you some hockey, and every person I know that loves hockey really loves hockey, but it's it's really tough to get into if you're not that person because you didn't grow up playing it, you didn't grow up around it, um, and there's really nothing. There's nothing, there's nothing for you. Um, I think the physicality, as we talked about, was something that, that they could draw in casual fans every now and then. Like you said, Bob Probert, I mean, that's probably my favorite player of all time, and he wasn't, God bless the dead, he wasn't the greatest player in the world, but he was entertaining and uh, all that stuff, and you want a guy like that, and you like watching guys like that, but now it's just, it, it's tough. It's, I could understand why they there's, it's such a niche sport, and it probably has such a niche fan base
1: yeah
2: there was well when you when you began your explanation about like it's very funny to just hear you be like well when was the first lockout and i was like ah yes yeah yes <laughs> of course i think i know where we're here, going here, here, this. here i thought it was going to be like this thing where it's like well i was at a, a philosophical crossroads do i follow the sport where people <laughs> are literally murdering each other or do i follow the sport where where the legend of Michael Jordan is just being told, but other players are tr- like Kobe Bryant and, and and all these other players are like trying to make their name in 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 the aftermath of the like the greatest player ever to play. <laughs> so, right. but no, it, no was...
0: It, it was it was literally <laughs> the lockout and my best friend moving. Like, I just, yeah, I had no reason to like be consumed with the sport. Like, we weren't watching it like that in my house. I was watching it. My dad was watching basketball. My mom is just, my mom still mm. plays soccer to this day. Like, so it was. It, it was just a a kind of culmination of things all at once. That that took me away Mm. from
2: it. It, Gosh, you know, that's, I feel like yours is a perspective that is probably so widespread and common and just doesn't get asked about enough. At least maybe not from like friends and family, but like maybe from sports media where it's like, Hey man, like why don't you watch hockey? It's like, well, I used to, and then you locked yourselves out a couple of (laughs) times. (laughs) like there's it's also really it's it boils down to it being really funny when you have the executives in these moments talking about how do you grow the game how how do we reach more people and i'm just mad that there's not enough of a wildcat journalist who just stands up and says maybe if you didn't lock out every eight years we wouldn't be in this situation it sounds like you already know the answer. You just don't want to say it as overtly as the rest of us are willing to. So, um, right. so that yeah, that was, that was actually neat. So, um, okay, so what I what I wanted to follow up with is, in your opinion, having followed basketball and then you know seeing what is there a is there a rule or is there a a, uh, a trend in basketball that you would love to see hockey just completely steal. Or, or maybe just completely copy off of? Is there something that you think that, you know, either it could have a, an immediate effect or maybe it would go towards building a lo- a longer-lasting effect that you've seen work in another place and you'd really wish it would happen for for the rest of us who are uh, unfortunately enslaved to this wonderful sport? <laughs> <laughs> when
0: you mean trend, do you mean like, in, like how the, the NBA is like so many more three-point shots, like that type of trend?
2: Yeah, oh, or, or just that. in terms of or, either if it's a rule or something you'd like to see more of. I mean, the thing that I noticed, and I've seen a couple other hockey people, I think like Roshinsky and a couple other people have said this too, but like hockey warm-ups, they shouldn't wear helmets, right? Like you should – like during yeah. during during warm-ups, these, you, like, you should be able to see these guys' faces. You should be able to connect with them because, again, all those really neat moments of the guys throwing a puck over the glass or throwing a stick over the glass or someone's got a sign – and that one player who the sign is referencing to is nearby. Like it's a neat it's a neat moment, but it's kind of shrouded by the fact that these guys are like in full gear where mm-hmm. you know, it'd be nice if there was like you said, a little bit more of an image emphasis on connecting with the players and and whatnot, so, uh, you know, it could be something along yeah. those lines, or something completely off the wall that Pete and I, after years and years of study, haven't been able to figure out yet, and, and, and it could take you in, like, five minutes to be like, oh, this is what you're doing wrong.
0: I mean, I mean, I would be all for, like, players not wearing helmets. I think that would be awesome. Like, obviously, there was a time back in the day when that was the case, and there's a reason that they wear them now. Um, I know that's probably not likely, but, I mean, that would 100%, like, stand out. Um, but that's obviously, again, not, uh, in terms of health, not the, the best thing to do. I guess one thing I can point to, and it's not basketball-related, and I hate to go keep going back to this, because I sound like if any, like, literal, like, hockey just enthusiasts that are listening to me talk about this, they're probably like, get this guy off. But the <laughs> physicality of it, I think, is, like, the one thing that people who aren't purists can like relate to. And I just always date back to, or I always look back to remember when like the NFL countdown or ESPN, they used to do jacked up for Hmm. like NH or for NFL games, like the hardest hits or you got, remember that? Like, why doesn't hockey like do that? Like why not embrace it? It's a physical sport. Um, That's like people like physicality. Americans like physicality. They like brute force. Like, somebody that has no interest in hockey, I'm 100% sure if they're watching sports that are not going to look at their phone when they're showing the best hits of the night. Hmm. I, I just think there's ways to maybe engage a, a broader audience, and it might hurt the image of the league, um, but I think at a point you just have to accept that you're... Like, that's one thing I, I get upset hmm. with in the the NBA. Um, I, I, I think they're trying to, like, deep they are trying to detour like trash talk and, and they're quick to give technicals of a guy's talking trash after he done somebody. And I just think like, we're all like big boys here. Like we can handle ourselves. Like that's entertaining. <laughs> People want to see that type of stuff. And I think the more leagues shy away from that type of stuff, I think they have a chance of, of losing a little bit of a, of a fan base. In the NBA's case, I don't think it hurts too much, but I think the NHL needs to, needs to like portray that it's, the hockey is physical, and there obviously is finesse, and there's guys like Pavel Datsuk, and I mean, you could go down the list um, of, of great. I don't know what the correct words are, but "beeksters" is that a word? Um, <laughs> it is now a word. It is, it is now, is absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. now a word. Uh,
1: yeah. it, that is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. that is fantastic.
0: Like, I, uh, you think about guys like that, and I just, I just think that there is a, they got to find a way to to bring in the casual fan. Cause you just never know what could happen if somebody sees all these hits. And mm. I think the one thing that hurts hockey is to more of a demographic thing in America, mm. uh, how much it costs, where these kind of, where these rinks are located. Um, you're not, you I mean, you're pushing yourself away from a, a, a bunch of demographics. Um, and I just think it's, it, it's worked and it's fine. They have their niche. Uh, but I, I would accept more physicality. I, I think maybe I'm mm. wrong, and maybe I sound like an idiot who hasn't no. followed hockey closely in 14 years now. But that, <laughs> that's what always drew me in.
1: No, I mean, I mean, like I said, one of the, or I, like Jay said before, one of the things I was I was definitely interested in ha- is having someone who you know most of the people we have on here are huge hockey fans. They watch it all the time, and. Right. It's definitely really interesting to get the perspective of somebody who doesn't watch it all the time, but is aware of it. You know, grew up watching it, understands the basics of the game, etc., but isn't watching all the time because that's that's a different perspective than we're used to hearing and talking about. And I think that's really cool. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you uh, like like a writing slash craft question. Um, yeah. Because, like Jay Jay said before, uh, in your bio, one of the things it says that um, you used to cover high school sports. So obviously, yeah. you, you, you know, going from high school sports, uh, now you cover professional sports. You cover the NBA. So, what's like one thing? What is one thing that you either learned covering high school sports, or or something that you um, you, you realize is 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 like a good good habit or something like that. Like, I, I want to kind of make this as broad as possible um, that you still use now when you're covering professional sports.
0: Yeah, no, there's two things. Um, I always say this whenever I, I'm asked about this, like Graham Couch, who's a columnist for Lansing State Journal, like he used to tell me all the time, like, dude, if you can cover high school sports, you can cover anything. And it just makes sense because there's so many, like I, when I was in Lansing, I covered 40 different schools. <sighs> Each school has a minimum six sports um wow yeah you know what i mean so it's like you you cover a lot of things and you meet a lot of people so one it taught me like people skills um Mm. how to interact with people how to um build relationships create relationships on like a personal working environment um and then that obviously if you can talk to a a 15 year old girl soccer star who's shy and think that because you're a reporter talking to them you're like the most important person in town like you can have a a pretty civil conversation with reggie bullock or reggie jackson you know what i mean it's hmm. it's those guys are they, they see you differently um but there, it's more grounded and then another thing is everybody like has everybody has a story uh you cover so many high school students and and coaches like you learn that there's always I mean, you got you have a story. You have a story. I have a story that somebody would find interesting. Um, so just because these NBA stars are millionaires and and seem like superheroes to some people, it doesn't mean that they don't have a story that is uh, relatable to us peasants. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's the um, it's just people
0: stuff. You learn how to you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to build relationships um, and. I mean, the writing, the writing, you just get better by writing more and reading more. But obviously, the, the high school sports, a lot of the opportunity to, to tell a lot of different stories. So you kind of get a lot of, you get a lot of things under your belt.
2: Yeah, there's having the, my experience with high school sports was, uh, I, I was, um, announcing my, uh, High school's hockey team. I was like the PA announcer, and um, as as a small humble brag I got a I got a I got a varsity letter for it. So for Ooh. for all you kids, for all you kids out there, there's there are hey, other man. ways other ways to get that varsity letter. You know, um, so uh, but it, you're you're right. You like your stuff about high school sports, one hundred percent. Because there's there's just so much to to intake. But then you're talking about players that are, you know, also like at, at one of the most important developmental stages, you know, these are, these are where they're learning like their, their, their cornerstone skills that can, you know, either push them one way or, or the other and stuff. So I'm I'm glad you're able to, we're able to take that into account when we're like, okay, so if, if you can be around these people and, and and see them as they're maturing in their, in their disciplines to then, you know, take the next step. I mean, that's you. Again, like you said, there's like your pick of the litter. There's literally story, stories, stories, and and players everywhere that that can help guide you know, like the discourse on you know, hey, is this or how are these kids doing? How is this? How is this coming up? And then you get to see them make the jump, and you're like, hey, I definitely saw that coming, or I did right. not see I did not see that coming. One hundred percent. So in, in terms of, I wanted to talk about this briefly with you because. Um, this is kind of an interesting uh, dynamic that I'm, I'm interested to see if you, having recently been there, can can have any insight on. So uh, Peter and I are very familiar with this uh, uh, a- amoral, morally bankrupt, and wild fan base known as the Toronto Maple Leafs. And mm-hmm. uh, the Detroit Pistons recently uh, walked into – Scotiabank Arena and won the first game for Dwayne Casey in his uh, return since being uh, let go by said Raptors team. So I, I guess I'm wondering, and and I would hope that Pete's wondering as well. Are Raptors fans insufferable? Is it a Toronto thing that's just applies to all of the sports that happen there, or <laughs> or or are like Raptor fans kind of in their own niche? I mean, I'm not again. The most famous fan, of course, is Drake, who I guess is. You know, uh, like, it doesn't matter where he is in the world. He always has, like, a fast track. He has, like, a Stark jet that can take him back to Toronto in, like, seconds. Oh, the (laughs) the Raptors are on. I I have to be there. So is there – what can you tell us about the the Toronto basketball fan base that could maybe lend some insight as to maybe just why so – why that city is just just so woeful?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean – Well – what do you mean by, by woeful? Like, well, mean... it,
2: yeah, I, I guess I was ling, and I'm pretty thick there. Good on you for being the journalist <laughs> and actually uh, speaking speaking I just truth to power.
0: So I, I, no, I answer your question.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess I was meaning more in the terms of like, it, they are a passionate fan base, but like there are times yeah. where passion can obviously push them over the edge to be like kind of outlandish or whatever. I mean, in terms of, like I guess, like the current situation with the Leafs is you know, hey, they, they got John Tavares, and now there are always these, like, I'm already seeing one piece where it's like, well, now they have Tavares. Do they trade away the other best player that they have? So it's like, with with the okay. Raptors, since they're the only, and it's actually kind of neat because, you know, to tie into what Casey was saying in his post-game preference where, press conference where it was like, the difference with the Raptors is you're, it's not just a city, it's a country. So, like, how do right. you, how, in your experience covering You know basketball above the border. Like, what did you notice? Is it is it like just like any other fan base, or is there something just a little bit more unique or special about what the Raptors fan base is able to bring to the table?
0: No, for sure. That's okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I actually spoke with Greg Kelser. um, For people that don't know, does the TV broadcast with George Blaha, is Michigan State guy, play ball at State, played in the NBA, Um, and he was telling me that even when Toronto wasn't as good as they've been for the past six years like that their fans always showed up um and i think like you said and casey said it is you're carrying a nation um they're the only pro basketball team in the the country um they're very close to detroit and they're very close to new york which are two very big basketball cities um they have They've been, while the success, team success hasn't been there, they've been afforded some great stars in their short history from Vince Carter to Chris Bosh to Lowry and DeRozan to Tracy McGrady briefly to now Kawhi Leonard. So there's been a reason to kind of pay attention. Um, But they are, they're, excuse me, the Raptors are a fan base that the Raptors have a fan base that is, I think, more than anything prideful of where they come from. And it is kind of like a Toronto versus everybody type, type thing. Um, and I, I don't know if I, when I talk about Dwayne Casey or write stories about Dwayne Casey in Toronto, um, you get kind of mixed reviews in terms of like, was it time for him to go because they just couldn't get over that hump. And that was, that hump was LeBron James. It's not like it was like the first round <laughs> of the playoffs or anything like that. Um, but I also, under, I understand why maybe you do try to change some things. I just, I, my question is: this, Is Toronto? They're twelve and three now after the loss to Detroit. Are they twelve and three because Nick Nurse is taking over full range, Who was Casey's assistant? or Are they twelve and three because they added one of the best five players in the NBA? You know what I mean. So it's like yeah. I don't know how that fan base fan base is view, viewing that. Um, I think Dwayne Casey's uh, victory in in Toronto maybe had some more questions around nurse because they had a very bad game. I want to say in Charlotte the day before, or I don't remember where it was, but they struggled. And I think they had lost, uh, pretty recently before the Detroit game. And it's, it's, I think more so than anything, I mean, Toronto's my favorite city on the NBA circuit and my favorite city I've ever been to. Um, and one thing about Toronto and, um, Sixers as Drake calls them, um, they are very prideful of where they come from. they're very cultural. It's one of the most culturally diverse cities I've ever seen um, and the, the raptors kind of reflect that. There's, the raptors have players from all over and it's, a, uh, it's there really is a backing of, of an entire nation um, that, that that propels that type of fandom.
2: Yeah, it sounds like the Raptors fans are just way more cool to be around. I think that was the answer. I was, I think that's exactly the answer I was looking I for. I think that's so.
0: Canadians in general.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, Can- it, it is it is kind of strange because uh, uh, what is nice about them being in such close proximity is they all travel so well. <laughs> like like when the, well, Raptors, the are Raptors are here. Game oh yeah! Crazy, oh, yeah. Andy, but... yeah! Yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> is that the same for the Leafs and Wings?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's obnoxious when, when the, uh, the hockey game that was at the big house between the wings and Leafs, I mean, gosh, I did not want to be a customs guy to for, for that weekend. <laughs> just, just so, so many Leafs people, so many duty free cases of beer coming over. It just, man, you know, it was that that you, you're, you spoke to it well. I, I and, and I guess I was just curious because like in the, you know, like you said, there's, there's even in their short amount of time, the, the Raptors have been afforded some, some key pieces and stuff. Whereas, like the Maple Leafs have been around for like a hundred years, uh, what I call a century of horrors, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, they've they, they've had some tremendous success, but it hasn't been any at all recently. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a fan base like on the verge of, you know, hey, are we? Are we going to be able to take the next step here? Will I, you know, like, can I still look at myself in the mirror? Whereas, like, I think Raptors fans probably have the right idea. Where it's like, hey, no matter what happens, like, let's let's show up. So that's 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 good to know. Where it's like, I think Leaf fans still show up, but just they will say things like even like the most polite angry things you could possibly think of that <laughs> that, that, that they'll say. Well,
1: um, I,
0: I think the difference there is too. Um, I mean with all due respect to the NBA and how far it's come, nothing will trump hockey in Canada. And so Mm. those fans are probably a little more passionate. Um, The Raptors are, like I said, fairly new. I want to say they're only 24. I want to say I'm older than the Raptors franchise and I'm 26. Um, and I mean, they had the Vancouver Grizzlies for a little bit, like that. That didn't last long, and it's hockey, so you understand why there's probably a little bit more emotional aspect to that, and emotional attachment from the, how long the Maple Leafs are with the original six and, and all that stuff. But it's uh, you understand it. Like we were at after their, we were there in Toronto two days. So I, the game was Wednesday. after Tuesday night. Me and Rod took the train, and Rod Beer from the Detroit News, and we went to uh, grab a bite to eat after, and literally there was 15 TVs on, and every single one was hockey. I'm like, yo, can we get the Warriors and Hawks on at least one of these? And I just like, we were afraid to ask. We were afraid to ask. Like, we knew what – but luckily, we had a guy that was pretty cool about it, and he did it. But, yeah, man, that's hockey. So I assume their fan base is a little bit more emotional than the Raptors is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, um, I wanted to ask one more question and then we'll let you go. Um, so, so first of all, just cause Jay's going to wrap it up. So, you know, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, so the, the question I had is, is that is another one last NHL NBA thing, because, um, one of the things that jay and i always talk about is just how dumb the nhl is in terms of <laughs> oh, just just doing oh, yes, do. things that just um keep i don't know keep the sport from evolving in the way it needs to and so one of one of the dumbest things one of like the most nhl things this past season or this season so far is um basically nhl players have been playing a lot of fortnite on their road trips, and now if they're playing Fortnite, they're not out at the bar getting smashed the night before a game. So you'd think that <laughs> right. would be a good thing, you know? You'd think that would be like awesome. This is great, but of course, you know, some teams have basically banned them. There was a team, I think, it was Vancouver, where they're not allowed to bring their PlayStations on the road, which is again like what? the most NHL thing. Yeah, it's that, it's so wait, dumb.
2: That just happened.
1: Uh, it was what, what you Like a month ago? Yeah, maybe? yeah. It
2: was it was kind of early on in the season because you know again, the NHL likes to just like get these like weird things going right out of the gate. They don't want the they don't want to waste any time at all. They just want just maximum weirdness right from the shoot.
0: Yeah. So so, so so they're encouraging <laughs> their guys to go out and do, do do things instead of sitting in their room playing video games.
2: Well, I get. I mean, it, it, I guess it probably boils down to the. Pete, I guess this is where we could uh, let. uh, And I suppose there are such things as basketball people in this sense as well. But like, hockey people, or hockey men, as they are commonly referred to, like they're very big on the way things are, the way things were, the way like the playing the game the right right way. So when you have people who are unable to grasp how activities or how certain things are able to uh, either. It just sounds like they, you know, it, maybe it's just a poor cosmic timing of guys are playing video games and the team had a crappy game, so someone's making a correlation or or an equivalency of like, oh, when they play video games, they stink, which I oh, okay. can't possibly yeah. think is true on on any levels, <laughs> unless like I guess there was one player. Like I guess is still unknown at this point. P. We talked about, him about like maybe like five or six podcasts ago, but about how like it was a major point of contention with his agent and and with scouts about evaluating this player because of the amount of games that he was playing that weren't you know they were they worried about his his drive his energy his work ethic because he's staying up till two in the morning playing video games. So it's like yes, in that very specific instance, yes, I think it's nice to raise <laughs> your hand and be like maybe tone it down a bit bud but if it's just like hey you know we just we just got to you know we just got to calgary it is cold outside it is not exactly the the let's walk to the bar weather you know mm-hmm. what what can we do among right. us hey let's pop on let's pop in some smash brothers some fortnite some something right and to mm-hmm. then be right restricted from doing so it's it's you know, it's 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 that's that's that is a part that I will say woeful and it's correct. In it's correct. Oh, yeah.
1: context. So, uh, OK, yeah. So, so anyway, so so I, I do have a question. Um, and so the so the question is, um, what do like? Is there anything that NBA players do on the road that we might not expect? Oh. Like in terms of like what they do to kind of occupy their time that we might not, you know, like like I know like, like Joe Thornton. Uh, the, the the San Jose Shark. I know he is big. He plays online Risk, like the like Risk the board game, but he plays online, which is okay. something you wouldn't really expect. So, is there anything like that for NBA players, either either in general or like like a specific player or team?
0: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, they do what you think they're supposed to do. I've seen, <laughs> I mean, guys out at clubs and stuff. Uh, mm. I think one thing that I mean, the Pistons. Fortnite's huge. Uh, it might be like it might be dying down now, but like all of last year and this summer, like Fortnite was like I would assume Blake Griffin, Zaza, Jose Calderon, and like Reggie Bullock are like the only guys who don't play Fortnite. Like I'm pretty sure <laughs> everybody else at some point like was like a hardcore Fortniteer. Um, I know like Bruce Brown, the Pistons rookie, is forced to carry Monopoly uh, for the team. <laughs> So I think they play Monopoly a lot on on the plane. Um, Langston Galloway is obviously into shoes, so he goes, like, sneaker shopping a lot um, mm-hmm. in different cities. And I know I actually talked to him in Toronto about it because I was asking him, I was like, what's your favorite NBA city? Hoping he said Toronto because that's all the beat writers' favorite city, and he said Toronto, so we were, I was, like, kind of happy. Um, but he <laughs> said, like, whenever he gets off the plane, they always like him and a couple guys always go get a bite to eat. Like So I think a lot of people, like, like to, like, try their, like their foodies to get get different mm. food in different places. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that I know for a fact, like, gets out and does, like, a hobby. I don't think so. Um, but, like, I know, yeah, like I said, is pretty big on this team, Fortnite, um, and then just, like, sightseeing and stuff like that. But nothing, like online risk or online poker that i know about i'm gonna i'm gonna actually look into that and see if there is anybody that does anything kind of interesting there
1: you go you're welcome for the article idea thank there you go. i'll give you a cold
2: <laughs> Woohoo perfect i think that's great and that's also a really nice segue to us saying like that's when you need to come back because we're basically we're basically sending you on an assignment now so you know <laughs> uh, we, we, we we can offer you peanuts literal peanuts i know people like to use peanuts and as a you know uh, like we could actually pay but no all we have are cash I, i've i got a thing of, from costco that my wife is killing me to eat more of and i'm trying to which is a bunch of cat like a giant metric wait yeah, you're married oh yeah yeah i am that's uh this is this did this? i know that i i don't know maybe maybe you didn't this is fun this is a neat little neat little reveal <laughs> i'm glad that Never, well, I usually stare at I usually stare at people's fingers, and I must
0: not have <laughs> stared at them,
2: Well, because um, usually
0: I I see that type of stuff.
2: Okay. okay, well now you know. So uh, the crux of the uh, <laughs> the crux of the point was uh, we've we I have, I have a Costco box of, of peanuts that we can give you to to do more research on this on the subject. But uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be sure no, to show guys, you
0: my guys. podcast time was enough. <laughs> so letting me be on this is enough and i hope i, I just thought about it. i hope i didn't sound like shocked that you're married i didn't mean it like that I just no know no no, that I just know no, no believe not me it, i'm still, I'm still shocked like that.
2: that i'm married so you're allowed to be shocked <laughs> 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 No, uh,
0: man, it's, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised you're scooped up man you're a nice guy so
2: ah <laughs> oh, shucks guys uh it's too bad this isn't a video podcast otherwise you'd see me blushing there you go okay so uh but James, that means we have to let you go because there are lots and lots of uh, teams that you have to do research on. So, But we do want to thank you for for coming on here. Um, for those of you who are uh, unaware of the greatness that is James Edwards III, uh, do yourself a favor. Get educated. Uh, we know that uh, you have a lot of people to follow on, on the Internet these days, but it's really important to follow good people, and James is absolutely one of them. So you can follow James. Edwards on uh, the old Twitter bot, Twitter bot machine uh, that uh, we like to rename every day because the website's free and we get to do that. Uh, you can follow him at JL Edwards the third, but it's like, you know, like the, the three, like Rocky three um, in Roman numerals. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, I, I, I. So JL Edwards, I, I, I. Basically, a board of directors voting something into law. Uh, everybody say I, I, I. Um, oh, and then, oh,
1: oh boy, there,
2: there you go, there you go, Pete. And just just to cap that one off, I look forward to speaking to James Edwards the second and James Edwards the <laughs> first later on. So uh, we'll see if we can get yeah, a hold. I but, uh, I'm,
0: I'm, We're gonna do a uh, what's the new face. Isn't there like a Facetime thing you can do now? Like with everybody, oh, we'll do that for yep.
2: the pod. I'll get the whole crew on
0: group hey, Facetime.
2: Yeah. So James, thanks for coming on, man.
0: Appreciate you guys for having me, Jay. I'll see you soon.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right, so so we hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Um, it was it was a lot of fun having James on. Uh, I, I think he'd definitely be you know like we talked at the end. He'd definitely be a, a really good guest to have back on. I think it was a it, it was really cool to have the perspective of somebody who is familiar with the game of hockey, but is not currently a major fan of the sport. Uh, like we said in the interview, because most of the people, pretty much everybody we've had on so far is, is connected to hockey in a major way. And so it was really cool to get an outsider's perspective. Um, one of the things that he talked about that that I thought was really interesting is he was talking about to, to try to get the, the more casual fan um, about really promoting the physicality of the sport, which on the one hand completely makes sense. Like, like I think I, I was talking about with him when I was growing up, I remember, you know i mean like there's a fight everybody's on their feet i mean it's it's you go to a game you're like oh i hope there's a fight and so on one level that's i think that's 100 percent true is that the the physicality of the sport the um you know even thing is something that is a very big draw about the game mm-hmm. but at the same time there's there's you know, like like I said as well, there's there's a downside, which is now we know what some of this leads to. Now we know the damage, like we were talking about before the break, the damage that this can lead to, um not just with fighting, but also with big hits. Because obviously again, big hits are are really fun as a fan. They're they're awesome to watch. They give you that adrenaline rush and I mean I'd be I'd be lying if I said that I don't enjoy seeing yeah. that, you know. But sometimes people go too far. One person that has a habit of going too far is mister Thomas Aloysius Wilson. <laughs> I'm I'm just guessing on his middle name. That I, I I think that's I think that's definitely a good guess. I think I think it's very likely. I think it's up there. I'm playing I'm playing the I odds think on it. I it's up
2: there. One. Maybe Bartholomew, you never know.
1: Could be. I'm playing the odds <laughs> on this one. So I think but anyway, so so Tom Wilson is in the news again, uh, this time not for being suspended, although just just wait. Uh,
2: <laughs> let's but, time, We'll timestamp this podcast later, and and then we'll and then we'll tweet it out later.
1: Exactly. I was going to say, like, let's see. We're recording this on a Friday. It's dropping on a Monday. What are Two the odds points. that we're going to have to come back and re-record? Two this?
2: days of hockey action. Let's see what happens. Oh boy. Let's roll the dice. So, yeah. So. Um,
1: Tom Wilson was suspended um, for 20 games and the NHL or the, the independent arbit- arbitrator has decided to reduce the suspension just like the same person reduces the suspension of Austin Watson and um, so Elliot Friedman on the 31 po- thoughts podcast said, what I pretty much imagined to be true is that in the future, there will be a different arbitrator for because because the NHL can fire the arbitrator at, at basically a will, um, but they can't do it until after this season. I think mm. that's, that's what, that's what Elliot was okay. saying that, that that's the next time it could happen. So I think they will definitely do it because he has now reduced the suspension twice where the league was trying to send a message um Obviously in, in the Austin Watson uh suspension in my view, the the message wasn't even strong enough. Yep. Uh, and then it was it was watered down from there. But the you know, you know, so so Wilson was uh suspended for twenty games. The the arbitrator reduced it. And so Tom Wilson is now back in the NHL. So everybody watch out. Yep. Um where wear wear two helmets. I don't know what you need to do. But um so yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like I know exactly what's coming. But anyway, just 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 to be complete, what are your thoughts on this, Jay? Um,
2: I guess this is the one part that I've always been kind of a stickler about when it comes to the relationship between player unions and leagues themselves. Um, the we have to do it just to see. Like, we have to have our players' best interests. Like, I understand the motive behind doing that, right? Like, yes, you are a a, a union of players and you deserve the fair shot to play as many games and not be the victim of a biased or or non-impartial system that would uh, intentionally harm your ability to play uh, meaningful or non-meaningful games in the league. But I've always, and, the, and this isn't just a hockey thing. It's it's also with football. It's also with basketball. It's also with, especially with baseball, where you like the 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 evidence is clear. Like just just fess up, you know. Just like just admit you did it wrong, and 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 you you cause harm, like. There's there's so many you know uh, given the the weirdness with even when we have replays and stuff because we're slowing things down and then that alters your perception about the speed at which a play is happening and and then especially with hockey given like the force of these hits and whatnot about how you can determine intent or was it was it a, a, a problem you know recently with uh, Evgeny Malkin and and Oshie so the thing is like so TJ Oshie like gets in this like miserable hit with Evgeny Malkin had primary point of contact, da-da-da. got like 10 minutes plus a game misconduct, da-da-da. And, and so, oh, she played the rest of the game, and then he actually scored a, a goal to to help the team. So, like, in that situation, the league's like, yeah, well, we felt that, you know, because he wasn't hurt and da-da-da. You know, the, the, like, the, like, the match penalty and the game, is like, that's all, that was enough. But they still prefaced it with because there was no injury. It's like, okay, so you're saying that if, Some guy gets decapitated, his head gets reattached in the intermission, and he goes out and scores a goal. He's like, "Well, because he was able to get through it, uh, we won't suspend the guy." I think that's I think it's dumb. So I think this is dumb, Pete. I think that's the point that I was trying to get at. Um, Sometimes, uh, and and I guess I'm just weary and and upset with the uh, players' unions' times with the either obligatory, "Oh, we got to go out, we got to defend, we got to da da da." But in this case, it's pretty cut and dry that he's not a very good player that, you know, we're not talking about skill here. We're talking about in the spirit of competition and not harming other people who are playing the game. He is not a good player. And to constantly have attempts to curtail or rein in that type of behavior be excused by arbitrators, that's rough. And hmm. as you already said, Friedman already said it, this arbitrator's days are hopefully numbered because, again, these are egregious examples of not being safe players in, in the sport, and it needs to stop, and I'm frustrated, and, but I will not falter, and I will not fail in my continued upsetness, because to become mm-hmm. numb to it is to, become, uh, co- uh, to, is to condone it, so uh, yeah. it needs to be done.
1: Yeah, so, so, so we'll see. Uh, next time I'm at you, uh, especially two weeks from now, Um, who knows because I it's just it's it's granted I've been wrong before several times in my life I may be wrong about this that Tom Wilson may never get suspended again I think that's highly unlikely (laughs) I don't think he makes it I don't think he makes it through the season without getting suspended again he just cannot control himself we've we've seen that at this point anyway all right so we have one more thing to talk about before we wrap up um. So, Jay, this is this is your neck of the woods. This is your um your area of expertise. So, so take it away.
2: Okay. So, if you'll remember, in our last episode, we had a fun little what if contest about better venues for the Winter Classic. So, uh, that's it's nice to have a little bit of synergy with following up on that topic because recently the Winter Classic jerseys were revealed. Uh, first, the Bruins unveiled theirs, and then the Blackhawks unveiled theirs uh Pete and I were discussing this prior to recording and we kind of agreed uh and then on, on what our uh, assessment is of these is overall I think they're pretty great but there is a clear better one of the two and it pains me to say it but it is the is the is the uh, Bruins yes the Bruins have the better jersey this time around which you'd think would be like Kind of hard to do, because we're talking about the Blackhawks, who have one of those everlasting and still very racist logos. <laughs> and uh, you'd mm-hmm. think they'd be able to come up with something cool, but it seems that the Blackhawks uh, jersey is just a black and white uh, affair in terms of style and color. Um, there's, uh, um, I'd like to think of it as if it was just a, a neon white and a, just a pitch black color scheme is, is what's going on with the Blackhawks. It's got a similar uh, front crest logo, Kind of like the 2009 uh, Blackhawks jersey that they wore in the field when they got absolutely ho-womped by the Detroit Red Wings. Okay. And
1: wait, how is that different from the 2010, 2011, 2012, <laughs> 2013,
2: 2014? <laughs> well, we we honestly, Pete, we we tried to make uh, record this segment for time, so we can we okay. can discuss that at a later date. But at the end of the day, it's just so important that the. Blackhawks have an outdoor game. It's just so important for them to have an outdoor game. Uh, heaven forbid they don't get an outdoor game. Let's actually talk about the good one. Uh, the Boston Bruins kit is uh, very sharp, very stylish. Uh, it basically kind of just removes the spoke behind the the, the, the B, and it's, uh, it's a throwback to an earlier version of a uh, Bruins jersey back in their infancy, and it's really nice. the The sleeves are um, striped very well. It is a mostly solid white uh, torso um, kit with the yellow and black and white uh, accents for the for the striping. Um, it just looks really sharp. And I'm really tired of the Bruins having sharper jerseys than the Red Wings. So uh, if we could just clean that up and uh, assess that and 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 fix that, that'd be That'd be great. So, um, I Pete, I gotta be honest. I don't yep. know if this is a must own jersey for fans out there. I don't. I mean, if you are one of the lucky people who have what is now in the millennial culture a, a Buffalo known as a disposable income, uh, I, I, I even then I don't know if you if you buy. Uh, one of these i think it's you know obviously the reason why they're being available is because that's what you want players and fans to do is to buy them and wear them and and give the league more money but i don't know i i can objectively say that they are nice looking jerseys but do i have to own them especially since this advent of so many jerseys being released like i only have so much money you know and i think the last worthwhile alternate jersey that i got for the wings i actually just got a gift which was the centennial classic jersey which is another game that i wish the red wings won but still i think it's a really sharp jersey it's got silver uh uh embroidery for the for the wing wheel and got the all the years that the cups have been won on the sleeve so that type of stuff is cool but um yes yeah, so for any of you bruins or blackhawks fans that are just trying to complete the life game on 100 percent by collecting everything that the teams ever do these are out available, but for the casual person, I don't. Know, I don't know. I m- maybe, maybe skis. So, yeah. I, I, now,
1: I do think that um, with the Blackhawks one, I, th- I, I think you might be partially responsible um, because Uh-oh. of your your plea on this on this podcast for teams to make jerseys that are um, are are suitable for people with with color blindness. <laughs> and 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 they basically oh, yes. said okay we can do that <laughs> um
2: yeah they said they said in the okay way like when you ask your cousins for money instead of gifts they're like okay and instead of a check or money they bake a hundred pennies yeah. into a jello mold <laughs> it's like hey we did what yeah. you asked And so, and and, well, and so I,
1: yeah so i mean because because the uh the blackhawks only have uh, black and white on their jerseys. They they had more money to put stripes because it seems like they're like, wait, hold on, we don't have additional colors. No, okay, um, we gotta put like eight more stripes <laughs> because if you stripes time, baby. I mean, if you look at it like this, definitely is Jack White's favorite hockey jersey of all time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. It's maybe missing an accent of yellow because that is another big third man. Mm. Uh, base color, but yes, this is a uh this is a jack white special yeah. for uh,
1: um for his stuff, and so. yeah real quick i um like like you said, we did talk a little bit before we recorded and and I definitely agree that the the bruins jersey is really, in my opinion pretty cool um i i'm not i wouldn't buy a bruins jersey anyway but if even if I were to be in the market for a bruins jersey, i don't think this is the one I would pick, but at the same time. It's, it's pretty cool for, for a throwback style. I think, um, I definitely think they did a good job with this, but let us know what you think. Let us know what you think in the comments. Would, would you buy either one of these jerseys? Um, the correct answer is no, but if you want to give us, give (laughs) us your opinion, I'm just joking. If you want to give us your opinion, um, you know, sound off in the comments and that brings us to the end of our show. So, um, thanks a lot for listening. We have uh, – if you want to follow us on the Twitter machine, uh, you can follow me at PFlynnHockey. You can follow Jay at the Roar underscore 24. Our podcast is at 200 foot pod, which is 200FTPOD. We should probably do more tweeting from that account. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Right when you said it, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's that weekly reminder that we stooped one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, – <laughs> Yeah, so so you can follow us there on on Twitter, um, if you want to get some merchandise uh, for the podcast. Uh, we have a merchandise store. It is uh, at time. Sorry, it's not at. It is tinyurl.com slash first shirt. That's F E R S H I R T. We forgot to say this last time, uh, so I'm going to add it in uh, this time. That we are still in November, right through the month of November. Jay and I are going to donate any profits we make from selling the merchandise. To the Concussion Legacy Foundation, and that is the charity that uh, Wingin and Motown is is uh, devoting our charity challenge money to. So it's a really great cause. Obviously, we talked about that today in uh, in, in a couple different ways. So if you really want, you know, if you, if you want to um, help with that, the the best way to do it is to pledge money for the charity challenge. Um, but if you've already done that and you want to get some merchandise, like I said, Jay and I will take any money we make, uh, through that store and we will donate it, uh, at the end of November. All right. So, uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll come back at you in two weeks and we already have, uh, it's interesting cause I was going to say eight guests. We actually have two guests line up, um, at the same time and I will just, I, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be our, our second time doing that, Jay. Because right, we had Craig and Max on. Yep. Yeah. So this is our this is our second time doing it. It's our first time doing it remotely, and uh, with four four different people in four different places. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, Get
2: ready to hear people talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure.
2: For sure. For sure, sure.
1: For sure. For sure, For sure. For sure, For sure. For sure, sure. For sure.